Enjoy this flyover clip. Going back to Genesis 6, there actually, there's only two places in the Bible where the word Nephilim shows up. And it's, it's important to understand, for your listeners to understand that Nephilim is actually what they call a transliterated word. What that means is sometimes in the Bible, there are words that they're either unsure or ambiguous, or there's too much debate over the word. So they just transliterate the original into English. And this is one of those words. And the reason why I believe is because they're afraid of saying giants because they feel like Christians are going to think it's mythology, right? Um, and I, you know, we can we go, we'll go into that in a minute, but um, yeah. And but there are many other words where that happens as well. And and so here's the thing. And there's a debate about oh, Nephilim means fallen ones. It doesn't mean giants. But um, here's this. This will answer two questions and move us forward. The, there's only two places where that word shows up. Nephilim, that is, and. Genesis 6, which I described, and they were the result. So these, these divine beings, sons of God, are having sex with women, and the result is giants. And that would make sense, too, because if the, if the sons of God weren't angelic beings, and you're just describing a metaphor, you're saying men had sex with women and they had giants. Well, where did the giants come from? That's crazy. But if you understand it as being, no, these are heavenly beings who are having sex with women— and the result is giants. That makes sense. And it also connects to mythology in the sense that mythology, all mythologies around the world, Greek and everything, have this notion of the gods having sex with humans. They get that idea from a reality, right? And, and this is where that reality comes from. Um, but the, the, the way to the sort of the, the solidification of that is in Numbers 13, 32 through 33. It's the only other place where the word Nephilim comes. Now, the context is, this is where they're about to enter the promised land, and Moses sends the, uh, the spies, right, to spy out the land. And what do they do when they come back? We all know that they say, oh, there are giants in the land. Well, here's what it says. He goes, here's what they say. They brought that back to people, a bad report, and they say, the land devours its inhabitants. Now, that's not just a metaphor. That's a metaphor for something more than, you know, devouring is like you're a monster that's eating, Right. Well, giants can do that, so to speak, right? It wouldn't, it wouldn't apply to just the fact that, oh, there's a lot of warriors there. No, the land devours its inhabitants. So you got this strange language. And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. Hmm, I guess he's literally saying they're giants. Uh, and he says, and there we saw the Nephilim, who are the sons of Anak. Uh, and, and by the word, way, that word is Anakim who come from the Nephilim, and we seemed ourselves like grasshoppers to them. So all the language there clearly talks about there being um, uh, giants. They're men of, of great height, right? Now, here's another moment where I got to qualify everything and say, the word giants is a bad word to use. It's a, it's a sloppy word, in my opinion, because, or let's put it this way, it's, it's a it's a badly contextualized word because when we hear the word giants in our modern world, what do we think of? I mean, let's be honest. We're thinking of Jack and the Beanstalk, right? The giants of all the movies and stuff. They're 30 foot, you know, it's like, no, no, that's one of the misnomers. What people might say, you're ridiculous. The Bible doesn't have giants in there. It's like, well, no, the word giants is simply tall people. <laughs> and we do know one giant, there's more than one giant in the Bible that we know his height. Of course, we know Goliath, right? 
And Goliath was like nine foot six, right? So that's probably about the biggest they would get. But think of it this way. If your average height of an Israelite was about five foot five, if you're six foot five, like a basketball player, you're a giant. That's a giant to them. So when you hear the word giants, don't think 30 foot tall beings, that's ridiculous. No, no. Just think like six to nine foot tall warriors, basically. And this is another one of those things where we read these words and it makes us think falsely in, in, in a way, if that makes sense. Um, so this is the only place where the word Nephilim comes. And, and by the way, Heiser goes into a whole explanation of how this proves that the word Nephilim means giant. It doesn't mean fallen ones. And well, the they, reason they, why they is, say, and then reiterate that pretty clearly. Yeah. I mean, it, it tells you, it describes them as giants, right? But even in the word Nephilim, the Aramaic version is used as well as it's, it comes up twice, right? And, and the Jew, Hebrew spelling of Nephilim is used, and then the Aramaic. And we know that the Aramaic does mean giant. So, so anyway, but that's, a, again, these are just sort of proof, proofs of these interpretations. But so here's where we have, now what's the point of this? This is where it's all connected. It's not just the strange thing. There's giants. Well, that's a weird thing. Think about it this way. Um, and you have to, this is another study, but uh, if you jump to the end of Joshua, <laughs> you, you kind of, it, it's a summary. Like, what were they supposed to do? They're going to the land and they had harem, right? That was the ban. They're supposed to slaughter the men, women, and children of all the cities, right? Wrong. They were only supposed to kill the men, women, and children of specific cities and specific peoples. Not all of them. Why is that? Well, I would argue because these, and this passage is trying to say these sons of Anak come from the Nephilim. He is theologically messaging us and saying, these are the people we have to slaughter and why is it just to slaughter them? Well, God said to, and so from a strictly logical perspective, if God says to kill anyone, he's right no matter what you think. But, but theologically, there's, he's connecting these giant peoples, these Anakim, to the Nephilim. And we know that the Nephilim were the bad, right? The Nephilim were the bad guys in the flood. He's, and he's saying they come from them. So the giants that we are seeing now in our day, thousands of years later, come from those original bad guys that God destroyed the world from. Therefore, that's why they're, they're unholy and we're supposed to slaughter them. And of course, so the, the, the Herm and the Ban and the specific cities were cities that had these giants in them. And, and the way that you can understand that is jump to the end of Joshua. So we don't, we don't have to go through all the details. Jump to Joshua eleven twenty one, And that's where it's at the end. And it says, Joshua came and cut off the Anakim, there they are, the giants, from the hill country, from Hebron, Deber, Anab, and all the hill country, blah, 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 blah. And there was none of the Anakim left in the land of the people of Israel. So those are the ones he slaughtered. Now, it's important to understand that, in, and we can, we'll look at some passages if we have to, but the Anakim is not the only word used of the giants. There are passages that describe Anakim is a word for the giants, so is Rephaim, so is Zamzumim, so is Zumim, and, and several others. But here's the interesting thing to note. So, so that kind of shows you that, at least contextually, you know, from, from 
uh, Exodus, whatever, to to Joshua, the 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 point of destroying those giant clans was because they are part of these evil hybrids, um, you know, that come from the, before the flood. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night, thinking, "What am I going to do about my finances?" You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how. In 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. The the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? (laughs) Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a (laughs) handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a my pillow or not, you need to get the brand new my pillow 2.0. Call or go to mypillow.com now. Use your promo code and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com. 